This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Welcome back to the podcast, and today our guest is uh, Rob Schultz, and he is the founder and president of Schultz Wealth. Welcome. Thanks, Gary. It's great to be here. So tell, tell us, how did you, how did you get into, uh, you know, financial planning and uh, wealth management? Oh, you know, I kind of stumbled into it, you know, just trying to find, you know, what I wanted to do, but then also something that I could make a living at. I guess um, I started out my career actually in the Navy. I was a Naval officer out of, uh, out of, out of college. And I found myself just working with the sailors on different things. You know, they, they, didn't make a lot of money. They had a lot of needs and I would end up um, just kind of working with them on financial things. Cause I, I had an accounting degree from UT uh, and, and I liked that stuff. So right. when I got out of the Navy, I was like, well, what am I going to do? And I was like, well, I, I want to help people like that. I want to, I want to be a financial planner, but I didn't know how to, I didn't know what one was. I didn't know anything. <laughs> so right. I went to work for, you know, one of the large financial services firms, you know, on full commission, nearly starved the first, first year, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, and then, uh, then started having a lot of success and then realized that I didn't really want to work for a large financial services firm. I wanted right. to work for my clients. So started that long transition into being uh, a registered investment advisor, you know, fee only uh, advisor where I work solely for, for my clients, uh, and, and do planning for them. And we also invest their assets. That's great. So, you know, a, a, along this way, um, that, you know, I mean, obviously you're, you're now the founder and president of your own company. Um, what made you decide to, to really go out there and do that? Cause obviously that's a big step to make, um, you know, taking on all the responsibility. Oh yourself. yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think that, um, well, you talk, I guess it was a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit, maybe that, uh, you know, I, I, I really had, a, I had a lot of confidence in myself. I, I knew what I wanted to do. So I just, I just did it on my own. Um, and, uh, after getting kind of the training in the industry and so forth, um, actually the, my first transition out of finance, out of that large firm was with a conglomerate. It was, uh, I had, I had five partners at first Texas okay. from 2000 to 2014 and we supported each other a lot. Uh, but it was a, that was a one-stop shop kind of deal. That was one of those pretty decent sized company where we did everything. We did, you know, all the financial work, 401ks, insurance, you name it. Okay. And, um, had a lot of success, but 
you know, sometimes you get to a point in your, in your career, it's like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm making good money and I'm busy and all that kind of stuff, but I just don't feel fulfilled. Right. I, I don't feel like I'm doing, you know, what, what I was intended to do. Uh, so that's why in 2014, I, I transitioned out, sold out of that business and started Schultz Wealth uh, so that I could just do financial planning and asset management. So, you know, you talked about, you know, fulfilling, you know, yourself and things. So now you've, you know, you've launched a book. Um, yeah. tell, tell us about that. What was your driving force behind that? I don't know. You know, I started writing uh, several years ago, just started writing kind of for fun. And I was getting a lot of good feedback on, on what I was writing. And every once in a while, a friend would say, hey, you really ought to write a book. I was like, I don't want to write a book. Right. <laughs> that sounds hard. And, uh, but but they persisted and I started, you know, started formulating in my brain. Yeah, maybe I can, can write a book. And so I did. And it was every bit as hard as I thought it was going to be um, or, or harder. Right. <laughs> I, uh, I thought it was going to be kind of like, um, you know, I used to do triathlons, you know, and okay. there's a training regimen that you use for that. It takes a lot of self-discipline. I was like, well, it's just going to be kind of like that. It wasn't. It wasn't anything like that at all. <laughs> it was totally different. Um, but I'm really glad I did it. It was a lot of fun. Um, I decided to just write it on what I wanted to write on. And what I wanted to write on was just, was just base level financial knowledge, base level broad financial knowledge in English so that right. anybody can understand it. That's what I was looking for when I wrote the book. Right. I mean, I, you know, I started reading your book and, and it is, I mean, it's very... I'm going to say it's layman's terms. And yeah. that's one of the things that I always like is when the professional can put stuff in, in layman's terms. So, so anybody can understand it. Um, you know, you talked about that you, you know, worked with the, you know, some of the sailors and, and stuff on the, on the ship that you were on. What, I mean, what were you helping them with? I mean, cause obviously, you know, I mean, they really didn't have any money at that point. Um, so were you, you you know, working with them more on, you know, trying to budget and, and savings or, uh, actually investing? Not, not much investing for sure. It was, it was more real base level stuff. Um, like, you know, these guys were, you know, there were a lot of predators out there, uh, mm -hmm. that would, um, you know, kind of feast on these guys with really, really high interest loans uh, on cars and things like that. I'd go back and unravel those for them. Okay. Um, there's a lot of family issues with money and helping them budget and things like that. I did a lot of that. Um, and then I also, I became a, um, a VITA volunteer, volunteer income tax mm -hmm. uh, guy. I think they right. still have that. It was a long time ago. Right, right. Um, and, and so I did, um, I did all the tax returns for, for these guys because, you know, most of them would get money back, but they didn't know what they were doing or they'd go, they go to someplace that was going to get their money back, but take a big chunk of it for themselves. Yep. So I would do all their tax returns for them as well. Um, so stuff like that. Right. So transitioning kind of out, out of working for them, working for the, for the big, for the big company, and then kind of, you know, a little bit smaller. And then now you're on your own and obviously you're trying to, you know, to build this, you know, build it up. Um, you know, you're doing more, um, you know, you're doing your book, you're doing some education and things. 
what is it that kind of now keeps driving you to stay in, you know, the financial advising and, and, you know, dealing with the, you know, the clients with this? What you mean kind of what, what gets me to wake up in the morning still? Okay. Yeah. That's a great question because, you know, I have, I've had, fortunately I've had a lot of success. So, um, you know, at this point I could probably kind of kick back a little bit if I wanted to, I'm 53 years old. Um, and I know you, you work with business owners, so maybe this, they can relate to this. Um, and so, I mean, I could kind of coast, um, but I, I don't know. I feel like I've got another, another 10 years or so where I really want to do this. And, and I just feel energized by it. Um, I also have, I have an associate, uh, Austin, uh, Austin Smith in here with me. He's a young guy. I mean, really young, like 25 years old. And he's, he's amazing. And I mean, so, so he keeps me rejuvenated and he's like really fired up to grow and stuff. So, so we kind of have this team thing going right. that, um, that's really fun, uh, and really exciting. And, and so we're, we're having a lot of fun growing the business. That's together. awesome. Yeah. So, you know, you said you're 53, uh, yeah. I'm 53. A lot of our, uh, our age and, and younger, um, you know, our parents growing up, you know, they had jobs and a lot of them had, you know, pensions that were, were, you know, connected to their jobs. Um, and in, in this area in Crofton, um, we have a lot of federal government employees, so they have their pension. So parent, you know, I can remember my mom saying, Hey, you know, just, just work hard and you'll be fine. You know, so the pensions aren't there anymore. No, they're not. may not be there anymore. Um, yeah. so what, what is it if you had a 50 year old come into you and say, Hey, I have no money put away in retirement kind of, what, what are you going to tell them? Yeah. I mean, that happens. I mean, for the exact reason that you just stated, I mean, just, and you know, we also had 2008. Do you remember that Gary? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> it was rough. And so, so we've all kind of been through some things and, you know, life, Hey, you know, life doesn't, it, it throws some curveballs at you and you kind of end up, you know, a lot of times at this stage at, at our age, and it's like, okay, this hasn't gone exactly the way I'd hoped. Um, and what do I do from here? And my answer on anything like that is planning is, you know, planning. That's what we do. We're financial planners. We believe in it. We think it, we think it helps us solve problems because, you know, you're sitting there and you have a problem and the problem is, is not one for this year. It's, it's one for the rest of your life, however long right. that is going to be. And that could be, that could be 40 more, 40 more years, you know, easily. Right. Um, so in order to solve that problem, you have to do projections and have cash flows of future cash flows and calculations, which is what a financial planner does. So when somebody comes in like that, we plan. We create a financial statement and a cash flow form based upon where they are right now. And normally when somebody comes in, you know, that age, they've, they've pretty much taken care of their debt. Hopefully they've got pretty good cash flow uh, at that point because their career has come up. You know, they've, they've done some things uh, that, that we can use uh, to help them, you know, really save heavily at right. this point. And that's what it takes. It takes this big, giant shift in mentality that, you know, you know, saving $50,000, $70,000 a year 
you know, that, that sounded crazy 10 years ago, but now maybe it's, it's a possibility. And that's what you do. You use what I call power. It's power investing where you really try to throw as much as you can at it. And you use that plan as a guidepost and a motivator to, to make it happen. What is it, you know, the clients come into you and see you, um, what is, you know, some of the questions that you really wish that they would ask you that they don't? Oh, that's, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. They, my, my, uh, my clients ask me all kinds of questions. That's why I wrote a book. I had a million questions that I get asked all the time. Um, I don't know. I think, um, I, Gary, I'm at a loss. I can't think of anything that I wish they would ask me that, that they don't, um, off the top of my head. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, that's great. I mean, that, that, that says a lot because that means that you're, that your clients feel very comfortable with you, that they're willing to, to, to ask any question. Um, because- I, I think they are. And, and I guess, you know, one of the things that maybe they initially have uh, a problem with is asking how much I get paid or, you know, how, how that works or and things like that. Right. Um, sometimes that's stressful for them. But once they become a client, they, they realize that that's, that's not an issue for us. We're very, very clear about you know, how much we get paid, they get an invoice and all that. It's not like a lot of my industry where it's, you know, it's off over here somewhere. (laughs) You never know what it is. It's pretty clear. And then, then we get to where, you know, it's, it's a comfortable thing to talk about. Okay. Yeah. Cause I know lots of times, um, I'll have, you know, in business clients, you know, lots of times, you know, they, they're very good at what they do, their trade, but they don't understand business. And so they're afraid to ask the questions because mm-hmm. they have a very successful business, but, you know, they, they, they just look at, you know, how to run the business. And, and lots of times they just, they don't know what the questions are that they should be asking. Um, and that's why, you know, we try to try to do as much education with them as possible to, you know, to help them out and um, not use the, the big words with them um, so they do understand and then get it to where, where they can. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, I think, I think they need that. You know, you can tell, you see it too, when your clients come in, there's a, there's a lot of stress that can be there in the initial parts of a, of an engagement. And I'm sure you do the same thing. I'm really try hard to try to get that stress level down and get those yep. barriers down where, you know, we can just have a conversation and that I'm not, and, and I have, I've had, I have had, um, you know, I've had people that are worth like a couple of hundred million dollars that are just so stressed out to talk to me because they feel like I'm, I might talk down to them, which sounds like the craziest right. thing I've ever heard, but it's because it's, it's not their world, you know? Right. And, and, um, and that's one thing I think we can all learn from is, is just to try to try to be as human as possible. Right. And, and, and then it goes a little bit better. Don't try to, you know, put on airs and all that kind of stuff. Doesn't, doesn't work too well. Right. I, I, I agree hundred percent. I mean, I just, I, I think that, that you have the right mindset and, you know, have the client be, be comfortable and be able to, to talk freely. I just find that, that, you know, us as professionals, we need as much information from our clients that we can possibly get. And we need the truth. And sometimes the client doesn't like telling us the truth and they don't like hearing the truth from us, but it it, it needs to be there because how can you grow if you don't do that? 
No, I agree. And I think what we've done in our business to make sure that it's truth right from the start is we start with that cash flow and financial statement and it's detailed. You know, it's like, okay, tell us, tell us everything, you know, tell us everything that you own, everything that you owe, how much you make, where you spend your money all the way down to your cable bill, you know? Right. And, um, you know, they, they don't share that with anybody else. Right. So, um, it's hard, it, but that's what we have to have, right? We have to have that information if we can help them. Right. Yeah. I mean, cause I, when I try to talk to the clients and again, you mentioned that B word budget, then all of a sudden they just kind of freeze up and it's like, no, 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 it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. We you don't know, call it, it that. We, we don't call it a budget. We call it cash flow. There you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> And, you know, just trying to work with them to, to get them to understand that they have options. And I think that that's the biggest thing is, is, is showing them that they have options and it helps them, um, you know, to, to, to get through things. They always have options. You know, it's just that the, as humans, we can solve any problem, but we have to have the information to be able to do it. And that's what we're, that's what both of us are doing, you know, is we're just trying to compile the information, you know, collaborate. And then, man, we're going to, we're going to figure out an answer, you know, if we have all the information, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I always, you know, preach to my clients that, okay, we, we need to build your team because if we don't have yeah. your team, then we can't put together a plan and, you know, going to, you know, who's your financial advisor. If you don't have one, let's get one. You know, who's your estate attorney, who's your, you know, business attorney, you know, and so forth, because if you don't have these people that you can go to and talk to, um, how are you going to be able to build your plan? And you need that you need your whole team talking to each other. I'm sure that you have, you know, CPAs and attorneys yeah. and things that you work with all the time. Um, and to me, that's very important for, for people to understand that, <coughs> excuse me, and be honest with them. It's like, you know, to me, it's like, you know, you, you, you can, you know, Tell your wife what you want to tell her, but these people, you need to tell them the truth <laughs> if you want them to help you. Um, yeah, so yeah. it's always interesting. What um, from a, you know, again, I always tell people, you know, you need to use professionals in doing what they do. What is it about you as a professional um, and why do you think it's important for somebody to use a professional like you as compared to trying to invest online by themselves? Sure. Um, and you know, you can invest online by yourself. There are people that do it. There are people that do it successfully. Um, but you know, different strokes for different folks. Um, generally you hire somebody like us when it's not what you do for a living and, or it's not anything that you're particularly interested in or that you want to spend an inordinate amount of your free time on. I mean, that's, that, those are the people that come to us, you know, they're like, we have people that easily could invest on their own, but they don't have the time because they're very, very successful at their current careers. And they, they, you know, they don't want to spend that time on, on this. Uh, and we have others that, you know, really do need the expertise, et cetera. Um, so, you know, they hire us because they, they want it handled. They want it handled right. They want it handled in a way that they're going to get good feedback and reporting back as to, you know, how their investments are doing which is not always the case in, in my industry, unfortunately. Uh, and they hire us, um, you know, to, to just take care of it and, and to monitor and of course, of course to plan. Um, so it just becomes 
you know, like you said, a part of the team, you know, and like your, your clients are business owners. They have a team of people in their business. Right. And a lot of times they don't have that team outside of their business. And it's up to us to kind of convince them that, you know, they kind of need to use the same um, template, you know, for their personal uh, worth as well as for their business. Cause heck, that's what they're doing the business for, you know, is, is to create wealth for themselves. Uh, and having, having, you know, guys like us who report to them and help them and guide them uh, can be critically important. Right. How, how often um, do you think someone should, should meet with their financial advisor? Yeah, that, that is a great question. And that's something that gets debated all the time, you know, um, you know, most registered investment advisors, you know, have a, have a quarterly cycle, um, where, you know, you, you send out quarterly statements and you offer to meet with your clients on a quarterly basis. I think that's too often. I really do because it, it almost feels like every other month right. back when I used to try that. I mean, I would call the client they're like, man, did we not just like talk last month? I mean, really? Can you leave me alone for a while? Right. Um, but then one year is, is a lot of times too long. Uh, so we do semi-annual and we structure it first quarter, third quarter, um, try to stay away from tax time right. <laughs> and, and end of year. Uh, and so we meet all of our clients in the first quarter and the third quarter, have what we call our big meeting where we update everything, uh, come up with a, you know, a, a workflow that we're going to work through together over the next six months, what we want to achieve. And then we, you know, call it a ratchet. You know, we're just trying to improve a little bit. We're not trying to solve every problem in the world. Sure. We're just trying to improve it a little bit. You know, third quarter, we're going to attack it again. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, that's kind of perfect timing. I try to do that, you know, with my clients, you know, business clients, because, you know, First quarter, it's like, okay, well, you know, how did everything finish up? Tax mm -hmm. returns gone and so forth. And then in the third quarter, sometimes, you know, beginning of fourth quarter, we're meeting to figure out, okay, here, before the end of the year, what do we need to do um, from a, you know, you know, if you don't have a retirement plan set up, let's yeah. get one set up for you. Um, ones that, that even the individual clients, you know, talk to them to say, okay, you know, where, where are your investments? Talk to your investment advisor. Where do they, you know, predict, you know, where your income's going to be and stuff yeah. like that. So if we need to make an estimated payment for the fourth quarter, we have time, you know, to get it together. So um, I think that's great that, that, you know, you're doing it like that because it really, um, you know, your, your tax partners that you're working with are probably very appreciative yeah. that's when you're doing it too. Yeah, they, they are. We try to, we try to respect their time for sure. Cause they get crunched. Right. So in, in reading through some of your stuff, you talked about, um, you know, kind of the do's and don'ts to, uh, teaching your, your kids about financial knowledge. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Oh, sure. I can. Um, yeah, I did. In a couple of places in the book, I talk about kids and I don't know if you've noticed this, Gary, but you know, that's a, that's a high priority for most of our clients is their kids. I mean, you start talking about, you know, their, their kids and their financial uh, strength and they really start paying attention because we, I mean, we love our kids and we want them to succeed. And yet at the same time, a lot of the things that we do in trying to train them from a financial standpoint, just like don't work. 
um, we, we try to, um, for instance, we try to control them with money. You know, if you really think about it, you know, when we set up a, uh, cause you have a 13 year old and a 10 year old, right? Correct. So, so they're like right in there where, you know, they kind of want money for stuff. And yep. so you can say, well, you know, if you wash my car, you know, I can give you some money and, and that's good. That's okay. Um, but as they start to get older, kind of what, what I think works best is to think of it as an ability to, to let them screw it up, screw up money with training wheels. You know, they're in your house. You know, they can't screw it up too bad because you're not going to give them too much money and you're going to watch and you're going to see what they spend their money on, how they learn how to control, you know, some of those wants and needs uh, and spread it out over a period, like, like a month and things like that. And, and kind of, I, I, I think you kind of get back and, and you let them do that, you know, and you say, Hey, okay, you've got you know, you've got 16 year old that's driving and they need, need money for gas. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to give you, you know, $250 a month. Is that going to cover the like, Oh my gosh, I've never, right. I can't imagine. I've never, I've never had that much money. That's right. so awesome. Thanks dad. And then, <laughs> and then they blow it, you know, in the first 15 days because they don't realize that it's really not that much money. Right. And then, and then they're coming back to you for, you know, for more money. It's like, Hey man, that's supposed to last you for the month. You know, you're going to be walking. And then you're going right. to figure it out. And then next month, maybe you won't, uh, won't go out and eat with your friend squad as much in the first part of the month. Yeah. Or you, or you won't be the one driving everybody around. You'll be asked right. to ask money if you're driving. That's right. It's fun to watch because they do, they do, they solve problems, right? And, yeah. and that's what you're teaching them how to do is to solve financial problems uh, and, and do it while they're still in your house. Because if you wait and you don't do all that, then they're off figuring it out, out on their own. And, um, and that's not near as good. Right. I agree. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges that you're, you're facing right now? That I'm facing right now? Yeah. Oh, let's see. Life is pretty good. It was weird. You know, 2020 should have been awful and it was great. Um, I would say that, uh, that, transition has been an issue for me. I told you I have a, I have a young associate. Uh, right. I think we just kind of solved that. We just put in place all of our stuff. He's at, he actually owns a little bit of the business now, which is super cool. Right. And um, so that was a big concern of mine, but I think I, I got that off, off the table a little bit. Um, I would say, you know, health, you know, as you get to be our age, Gary, you know, yeah. you're, it's you've been, I've, I've tried to have a healthy lifestyle, but you know, right. I go up and down yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. and I've put on some weight since, uh, since COVID started, oh, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so Shelly's got me on a diet this week and it's working. So we might have to keep, keep it going. Uh, so, go. so health is, is one. Um, so you're building, you're building your team. She's helping you there. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Um, I, my kids are a little bit older than yours. Um, so, you know, my concern is, is them launching and, you know, having great careers, right. uh, but they all seem to do what they're supposed to be doing right now and doing great stuff. Two of them are married and have houses. And, um, so that's great. You know, I'm obviously concerned for them, but they seem to be doing really well. Um, those are kind of some of the things that, you know, that I, I'm concerned about in a certain way and that I want to 
try to, you know, be better at, I guess. And I mean, I, I think that that goes to, to show, you know, you're saying that, you know, your kids, you know, are doing well, married houses, so forth and so on. I think that that really goes to show that the kids are really paying attention, no matter if you think they are or not. And, you know, emulating what their parents have, have, have shown them over time. They, they all read my book, yeah. which I was shocked. That's great. I really didn't expect any of them to read it at all. Right. Cause that's what we expect as dads. They're not, right, they're not going to exactly. listen to us. Right. They all read my book. That was really, that was really awesome. Did they, did they come back to you and Hey, you never taught me this. I, I didn't get a whole lot of feedback, um, but they did. I think they enjoyed it. I think they really did. That's and great. honestly, the the people, the biggest feedback I've gotten from the book are from kind of young marrieds, you know, that maybe uh, have young children or just kind of kind of starting out with this stuff, right. maybe in their 30s. Those are the ones who have just gone. I've had a few of them that just have told me, they said, this has absolutely changed my life, which that is definitely what you want to hear, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's that's definitely a, a key demographic for the book. It seems like that's, that's who's really, really um, uh, benefiting from it most is that age group. Right. So uh, are you ready to write your next book or you're going to take a little I, break? I am. I, you know, I, I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> that's awesome. So um, if any of our listeners want to reach out to you and, uh, you know, discuss their financial plans or, or get help or talk to you about your book, how do they reach out to you? Yeah, you know, we're, we're very accessible. Um, you know, my website is Schultz Wealth and it, Schultz is spelled weird. It's S-C-H-U-L-Z, no T, SchultzWealth.com. You can schedule some time uh, on the phone with us very easily on the website. Uh, the other place where I like to connect with people, if, you know, they just, you know, have some questions or just want some support is through our Facebook group. We have a Facebook group called Thoughts on Things Financial. That's the name of the book. Uh, it's closed. So you just have to ask for permission. I'll let you in there and we can talk in there. And there are other people in there that kind of share. And as we, as we all just try to get better at this stuff. Right. That's awesome. So is, is there anything that uh, I haven't asked you? that you wish I had? Yeah. You know, one, one big key in the, in the book is about, um, automation. You know, if sometimes I get asked, you know, what is the one thing that, that really can make a difference in, in saving? And my answer always is just automate as much as you can just put it on autopilot. Cause it's really, really hard to just make yourself save what's left over at the end of the month. Cause it's just not going to happen. Right. Uh, that's why 401ks are so successful uh, is because not because they're, you know, phenomenal investments or anything like that, because a lot of them aren't, uh, but because they take that out of your check before you ever even see it. Use that. Use that to build up your cash, your other investments, your college savings. Use it to reduce debt. Automate is, is a real key, I think, uh, to the people that I see who are really financially successful. Right. That's, that's awesome advice. We really appreciate your time and, and your wisdom. Um, I think that uh, anybody out there wants to read a really good book. Uh, Thoughts on uh, Things Financial is a, is a great read. And like I said, it's, it's very much in layman's terms. And I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks, Gary. I appreciate it being on. This was a lot of fun. Great. So today, our guest on the webca webcast has been Rob Schultz with 
Schultz Wealth. Thank you. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.